Good morning, everyone. It is time for Friday training. We've been doing this training for over 23 years. So uh, we appreciate everyone being here. We are uh, going to go ahead and do training today on the mathematical equation of luck. That's right. I have figured out a mathematical equation to get lucky. And so many people uh, are looking for, how do I change my luck? Everything seems to be working against me. Well, we're going to have all the coincidences that you want in your life. So please, everyone, tune in here for our free Friday trainings uh, on the mathematical equation. There we go. Hi. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to donate my book into your contest. If there's still time to do so, I'd be happy. Ah, thank you so much. All right, Jake, it's your turn. Go ahead, set the room for the mathematical equation of luck training. We're going to get everybody. If you want to get lucky, tune in here on the Breakfast of Champions, our Friday training. Go ahead, Jake. Let's do it. Thank you, Dave. The mathematical equation of luck training today with David Meltzer. Welcome, everyone. We are in the vet room here on Clubhouse. This is the Breakfast of Champions. Happy Friday, everyone. It's the 6 a.m. Pacific time, 9 a.m. Eastern edition of the Breakfast with Champions. This is David Meltzer's hour here. As David was mentioning, he's been doing free Friday training for over 23 years, actually. Uh, all different topics, all different activations, and we always want to engage with the audience and the people as much as possible. So there will be time for questions at the end, the last 30 minutes or so after the mathematical equation. So if you have a question you'd like to ask, Please raise your hand or back channel me and we will bring you up. Also, let's share the room, share as much as possible. You can do that at the bottom as we get going here. You can do it with the little square with the arrow. Push that. You can share via Twitter, Facebook, text messages. Share the room here on Clubhouse uh, and share with as many people as possible. So let's share the room, follow the people next to you, follow the people on stage. Let's get into this uh, David Meltzer hour here. Also, Next week, if you happen to be in Toronto or want to come to Toronto uh, at the Collision Conference, June 27th, 28th, and 29th, David will be there hosting Meetup as well and doing a VIP dinner. So if anyone is there, please reach out to David or wants to come. We will uh, follow up, and you can just email David. His email is david at dmelter.com, david at dmelter.com. So, David, I will pass it back off to you, and let's get it going today for today's training. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. We will save time for questions. So make sure you load those up as usual at the end. Reach out if you'd like the exercise of the mathematical equation of luck and what we do in order to facilitate being lucky. That's David at dmelzer.com. But all right, let's get started. The mathematical equation of luck and so many people attribute luck to the fulfillment that they have in their life, the passion that they have, the purpose that they have, and even the profitability. But I will tell you, there is such thing as luck and we can utilize our attention plus our intention to equal that luck. And so there are so many nuances of confusion within the context of the mathematical equation of luck. A lot of people, uh, like my friend John Asaroff in the movie, The Secret, uh, utilize a vision board and they think that that vision board is going to manifest what they want and create some sort of luck. Um, but that's only part of the mathematical equation. You see, it's not just a vision board. It's what we pay attention to. And, you know, the yellow Hyundai scenario where you start paying attention to a yellow Hyundai, all of a sudden 
all you see is yellow Hyundais. And we want to pay attention to what we want without attaching our emotions to it. We want to pay attention to what we want in a trajectory of what we think we want in the future or better. You see, we have to have the ignorant humility when we are utilizing the mathematical equation of luck. There is a component of surrender of believing that not only will I get what I want, but I will get what I want or better. And I am humble and ignorant to the fact of what I get is better until I allow time as the man-made construct to unravel, unwind in its linear fashion. And so what I want everyone to do is start with getting lucky, is starting with paying attention to every day what you want in a trajectory of what you think you want or better. And you can put it on vision board, you can put it on your screensaver, you can put stickers up, sticky notes up, it doesn't matter. You can meditate on it. As long as you're paying attention to every single day that which you want, either personally or a combination of personally and experientially, giving wise, receiving wise, and attaching then the most critical component that will allow you to aggregate what you want, compound exponentially what you want, and accelerate what you want. All three things are desires of human nature of what we want. When we want something, if it can aggregate, attract more of what we want, if it can provide us exponentiality uh, in the quantitative return on our investment of what we want and come faster, we're going to be even more happy, more confident, more inspired. And so the first component of the mathematical equation of luck is to pay attention to what we want in the mindset of what we want in a trajectory towards what we think we want in the future or better, which requires that subtle shift of mindset or better that we are ignorant and humble, that we are not attaching our emotions to that outcome. We are living in faith, in surrender, that something better or equivalent to what we want is coming. And hopefully we will utilize the intention to create that consistent, persistent pursuit of what we want, that aggregation, that exponentially of out exponentiality of outcomes and the acceleration that appeases our human nature of instant gratification. And so I want everyone today to make a plan of intention. I want them to make a plan of attention of what we want. Use those vision boards, use meditation, use sticky notes, whatever it is, we want to raise our awareness to that yellow Hyundai. We want to raise our awareness to what we want personally, experientially, giving and receiving wise in a trajectory of what we think we want in the future or better. And I promise you uh, that it will be an amazing practice. And sooner than later, people will respond to you and your situation as, wow, how'd you get so lucky? Well, you know that luck is a mathematical equation of what you pay attention to and what you give intention to. And in the respect of intention, most people uh, that believe that we can focus in on a vision board believe there's only one level of intention, right? We got to think about it all the time. 
right? We got to focus in on it, think about it. Uh, but there's not. There, there's five levels of intention. But before we start thinking about intention and the five levels of intention to add to what we're paying attention to, personally, experientially, giving, receiving wise, in the trajectory of what we think we want or better, we have to align one more thing with what we're paying attention to in order to give the appropriate intention. And that is the past. You see, the only thing that will limit us in the future about our past is the meaning that we give our past. And people give meanings that deter us, accelerate us in the wrong direction, create resistance, void shortages and obstacles, the antithesis of what they want, the antithesis, the blockage of the mathematical equation of luck. You can, in your mind's eye, look at the equal sign and put a big slash through it, not equal to the coincidences that we want in our life, not equal to the co consequences that we want, not equal to what we want. And that slash through the equal sign is created by giving the wrong meaning to the mistakes, failures, setbacks, void shortages and obstacles and even successes, defining moments and even the historical relevances of our past. Before we get into the five levels of intention, we want to make sure that we're aligning with the light, the love and the lessons of the past in a trajectory of what we think we want or better of what we're paying attention to. And we need to re-engineer our meaning because we give meaning to everything that we see. So as an example, when I lost over $100 million, when I went bankrupt, if I gave it a meaning of punishment, of failure, of void shortages and obstacles for my future of what I thought I want or better, instead of giving it a meaning of investment in my future, of a promotion and protection of my future or better, I still would be bankrupt. I still would be thinking about why am I so unlucky canceled? Why am I not getting the consequences and coincidences and karma that I deserve? Because I haven't aligned the meaning of those failures, setbacks, mistakes, pain, defining moments, historical relevances of my past in alignment with where I think I want to be or better. And so this formulatic way to be lucky of paying attention to what we think we want or better in the future, what we want personally, experientially giving and receiving has to be aligned with the light, the love and the lessons of the past in the trajectory of what I think I want in the future or better. So many people, I tell a story about how I uh, went to France and spoke at the World's Sports Global Summit. And I gave a speech about manifestation, about utilizing, not quite in this manner, the possibilities, probabilities, perspective, and reality to apply our why in the unification, utilizing sports. And this one woman from France came up to me and said, oh, this all sounds good in theory, but sorry about my terrible French accent. <laughs> anyway. She said, this sounds good in theory, but what about the French-American war? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, all right, so we are now giving a meaning to historical relevance that's going to stop us from unifying the world because of something that happened in the 1800s. 
Are you kidding me? We should find the light, the love, and the lessons in the French-American water and facilitate the acceleration, aggregation, and the exponentiality of outcomes in order to facilitate world peace, the unification of this abundant, infinite system of thought in which we all belong. Are you kidding me? Think about it today. Are you paying attention to what you want in a trajectory of what you think you want in the future or better? And what is your French-American war? What is it in your historical reference that's creating a blockage, a shortage, a void, pain, setbacks, resistance from you getting there with the aggregation exponentiality of outcomes and acceleration that you are built into in the context of a system of physics and math? Why aren't you utilizing the mathematical equation of luck to live with the coincidences and consequences and karma that you deserve and have earned as part and parcel to this unified system of thought, to this omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing abundance that you are part in promoted and protected by? What is it that you're doing to interfere with your potential? We all have to start utilizing the mathematical equation of luck in order to facilitate the consequences, the coincidences, and the karma that you have earned as part of a co-creation process in a system of unified thought. And if we pay attention to what we want personally, experientially, giving and receiving wise, and we're able to find the light, the level, and the lessons of the past in order to facilitate a meaning that allows us to aggregate, compound, and accelerate towards the consequences, coincidences, and karma that we want. We now are able and capable of utilizing the second part of the equation, what we pay attention to and what we give our intention to, the five levels of intention aligned with the meaning, will equal the coincidences, the consequences, and the karma that we want or better. It's that simple. So what are <clears throat> these five levels of intention? The first is what we do, right? Don't just sit around meditating and looking at your vision board. Those people to me are sitting at home, broke, sick, high, usually on their mom's couch, dreaming about they, what they want and wondering why they never get there because they're not doing anything. Nothing happens unless you move. This is physics, people. We got to take action in alignment. We have to look and see, am I doing everything aligned with the trajectory of what I think I want or better. Are you doing everything? Are you doing your best learning lessons and having fun? Are you doing everything aligned with that? So the first level of intention each day is what are you doing aligned with the trajectory of what you think you want or better of what you're paying attention to personally, experientially giving and receiving. And so we have to be very conscious of our actions. The second level of intention also needing to be aligned with the trajectory of what you think you want is better is what you say. Not only at the pragmatical level, the human vibration or frequency, but we raise up another level of frequency or vibration by the speed of sound, faster than the speed of cell. And the speed of sound, it also contributes to the consequences, the coincidences, and the karma in our lives. 
So we speak into the future or better. We say all the things directed in the trajectory of what we think we want or better. We speak to it. We don't talk negative attacks, judgments, conditions, void shortages, obstacles, and resistance. We talk aggregation, exponentiality of outcomes, and acceleration in the trajectory of what we think we want or better. We speak to kindness. We speak to happiness and joy, abundance in that infinite, omniscient, all-power system in which we are co-creating in those consequences, coincidences, and karma that we desire or better. I see so many people talk themselves out of where they want to be. Even if they do everything they can, they don't say it. They say it out loud. They say it internally in their minds, the little chatter that says, I can't do it instead of I can do. Look, everything that's great in your life has started with hard and everything that's amazing in your life has started with impossible and we need to do and say the impossible in order to have the incredible amazing consequences coincidences and karma or better that we desire of what we want or think that we want today it has to be in conjunction we are looking at five levels of intention to equal that mathematical equation of luck and the slowest vibration is what we do, so you gotta do it. The next highest vibration is what we say, the speed of sound, and then the next level of intention. If we're gonna pay attention to and give intention to the consequences that we want, the coinciding and coincidences and karma of what we want or better, then we better start thinking it. Not only do you have to do it, you have to say it, we now have to think it. We have to think it. We have a higher level, a higher frequency of awareness, our thoughts. So, so many people will come and say, you know, I'm doing everything I can. I'm saying everything I can. Why aren't I getting there? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Are you saying thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up? When there's challenges, setbacks, voids, obstacles, are you resisting it? Are you going over and under it, through it, around it, lying to it, manipulating, cheating it, or denying it? Are you creating thoughtful resistance? Do you live in judgment? You know what judgment is as a thought? Judgment is an opinion, a thoughtful opinion that is based off of two things that will create void shortages and obstacles in your life. One, it's a opinion based off of ignorance you don't know what you don't know so why not choose to know something amazing my entire premise of my life is based on faith a simple faith a faith that i don't prove or can't prove or no one has proved to me in fact i challenge everyone every day to tell me or suggest to me something to be more faithful of. My faith is based off of a premise that there is something bigger than me. An omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, unified, abundant, infinite system of thought that loves me more than my mom. I can't prove it. 
although 99% of all religions, spirituality, theories, and philosophies are based off of when we talk about faith, which I define as gratitude for the future that I cannot be aware of, that faith, 99% of the people on earth believe that. And no one has ever been able to come up with something better to believe or prove what I believe. But yet it is the cornerstone of understanding my thoughts that I'm protected and promoted, that I give meaning to everything that I see. And not only am I going to align what I do, what I say, but I'm going to align what I think in the trajectory of what I think I want or better because judgment based off of ignorance of I don't know what I don't know requires then a premise of something that does know that loves me more than my mom, that protects and promotes me and is not punishing me. And so I want you to pick and choose your premise. And if you come up with one that you feel is better than a premise, that there's something bigger than you that knows everything and loves you more than your mom, please let me know. I am more than happy to consider it for my own existence because I want to think not in judgment, not in ignorance, and the second component of judgment, fear. Fear and doubt. Judgment is an opinion based off of ignorance and doubt. Do you want to live your life in ignorance and doubt? Or do you want to live your life in intelligence, intuition, and inspiration that provides you a world of more than enough of everything for everyone? Aligning our intention of what we do, what we say, and what we think in a trajectory of what we want or think we want or better for the future. Aligning the meaning of the past with the light, the love, and the lessons to get me there, to aggregate what I want, to exponentially provide the outcomes of what I want and to accelerate it. Three characteristics of energy. The lowest level of energy, what we do, a requirement. The next level of energy, what we say, a requirement. The next level of intention energy is what? Thought and it's required. Now, if we align what we do, what we say, and what we think with what we think we want or better, we then can move to the fourth level of intention. Once again, the mathematical equation of luck is alignment with what we think we want or better experientially, personally giving or receiving wise. And this requirement is one in which I study every day uh, with the incredible uh, Napoleon Hill. And that is not only what we think, it's what we believe. What we believe. The fourth level intention requires belief. If you believe it, you will achieve it. A basic in the world of entrepreneurship. But belief doesn't occur without the doing, saying, and thinking. And belief is a higher level of thought, a higher level of intention that includes not only intelligence, which thought contains. Not only does it include intelligence, but it includes intuition. And that intuition is a level of awareness, notating that you can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you. 
notating in the premise that there's a world of everything, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing world, we know that we don't have to search to go find anything. We just have to figure out what we're doing to interfere with it, to relieve the judgment of it based on ignorant and doubt. And so in order to effectuate the belief, we have to identify the fear and bring ourselves to a higher level of intention than thought and allow ourselves to be aware of that which we want or better. And so not only are we utilizing our intelligence, but now we use our intuition, intuition being awareness. No logic or reason is contained within intuition, only a belief, an awareness. Disregard the linear time frame. Put into the context of a trajectory of what you think you want or better without attaching a linear component to it, a linear time component, especially where you attach your energy to an outcome. Instead of saying it needs to be done by this date, it will happen at the right place at the perfect time. And I have the intelligence and the intuition in order to facilitate my awareness of that which I want, which is self-contained within an abundant world of more than enough of everything for everyone, a unified, infinite system of thought. And when I am implementing the mathematical equation of luck, paying attention to what I want personally, experientially, giving and receiving, aligning the meaning of the past with the light, the love, and the lessons of everything, the shortages, voids, obstacles, mistakes, defining moments, historical relevances, alignment with what I think I want, and then putting my intention in it, the low level of intention being what I do, the next level of what I say, the next level of what I think, then with intuition providing what I believe. It leads me to the last and final component that provides the most aggregation, the most exponentiality of outcomes and acceleration in my life. So I don't have to worry about time or create more resistance about a linear man-made construct of time that just slows me down, creates acceleration in the wrong direction, creates void shortages, obstacles, provides me the challenge of lying, cheating, manipulating, overselling, backend selling, denying. But instead, what I want you to do is use the fifth level of intention. Not only is it what I do say, think, and believe, but now it's what I feel. When we can construct alignment of what I do say, think, believe, and feel, feeling is inspiration. It is the ease, not the dis-ease. It is the applying of the why. When I can utilize all five levels of attention and apply it to what I'm paying attention to with the vision boards and the screensavers and the sticky notes and the dashboard hula girls or whatever you have as your focal point to apply your why of what you think, say, do, believe, and feel, this now will activate what? That's right, the mathematical equation of luck. The consequences, the coinciding of what you want with what's already there, the consequences and karma that you will now experience the mathematical equation of luck. That fifth level of intention, the feeling, allows us to identify fear and utilize it in the trajectory of what we think we want or better. Understanding that not only are there only two types of fear, am I afraid of the past because I'm giving the wrong meaning to it, or am I afraid of the future because I'm limiting my own self-image? 
And when I can identify through the fifth level of intention, either the fear of the past or fear of the future, I then can identify what the body does with fear. Because when we are afraid, we implement the ego to fight, flee, feed, or fornicate. And so what I want to do is ask myself at that time, utilizing the mathematical equation of luck, what ego-based consciousness am I applying to my fear to relieve it and put me at ease? Is it a need to be right, a need to be offended? Is it a need to be separate from the unified? Is it a need to be inferior or superior to the unified? Is it a need to be resentful, guilty? Is it a need to be angry? Is it need to be anxious? Is it a need to be worried? And I want you to utilize the five level of intention so that we do say, think, believe, and feel when we identify the fear and prescribe the ego to it, that instead of accelerating into the ego, into the interference, into the dis-ease, that we stop, we breathe, we drop, and we roll into the ease of what we want and apply the five levels of intention to the consequences, coincidences, and karma that we want or better in our future. I promise you, if you want to live lucky, it's very simple. Don't buy the hat. Pay attention to what you want and give intention of what you do say, think, believe, and feel. And I promise you the consequences and coincidences will aggregate they will give you an exponentiality of outcomes and accelerate it in a manner that you've never imagined. Stop interfering with your faith, your gratitude of the future. Start utilizing the mathematical equation of luck. Let's all experience the consequences, coincidences, and karma that we desire or better. If anybody would like the exercise of the mathematical equation of luck, of the five levels of intention. If you want to live lucky, don't buy the hat. Let me give it to you for free. Email me, david at dmeltzer.com. I appreciate everyone. It's time to answer some questions because I've do a lot at everybody today. I'm hoping we can utilize these questions to provide clarification to that mathematical equation or the levels of attention and intention that we utilize in order to effectuate what we want or better in our lives. Jakey Bakey. Go ahead, reset the room. Wow, thank you for that mic drop, Dave. Thank you for that training. I will quickly reset the room and we'll take some questions here. That was, and this is David Melcher's free Friday training that he's been doing for over 23 years. Today's topic is the mathematical equation of luck. If anyone wants a free guide or a training on what David just mentioned as well, you can just email him. He's happy to send it. His email is david at dmelcher.com, david at dmelcher.com. We got 28 minutes here. For some questions, Dave will take some questions online. And of course, you're on Clubhouse. If you have a question you want to ask here on Clubhouse, just back channel me or raise your hand and we will aim to bring you up. Dave, I'll pass it back over to you if you want to take a question online. And then we'll come back here on Clubhouse and take a question on Clubhouse. Perfect. I'm going to start with this one. Can the question of quote unquote, I am, be separate from external labels we place on ourselves? So the labels that we put on ourselves are judgments. The judgments are based off of ignorance and doubt. They are all external to an interference of what we want. They're all external to in interfering with our potential, our truth. 
they are all external to and interfering with the omniscient, that means all-knowing, the all-powerful, which is proven quantitatively, physically, if you uh, go ahead and measure the amount of power that you have in your pinky, it's equal to that which can light up all of Manhattan. The all-knowing and all-powerful source unified. And so we use these labels, these judgments based on ignorant and doubt in order to not only interfere with, create dis-ease, but also at oftentimes resist and even furthermore accelerate in the wrong direction. Be aware of the external labels that you and others are putting on yourself because they're based only off of snapshots of coincidences, circumstances, and time. There's life circumstances that we then label ourselves or label others with instead of understanding life circumstances are not anything but a snapshot based off ignorance and fear instead of life itself, which is unified and abundant of a system that we're all part and part partial to. So yes, uh, please identify external labels Notate that they're judgments. Judgments are opinions based off of ignorance and doubt. And then see what we're prescribing as an ego-based consciousness to a snapshot that's irrelevant, arbitrary, and capricious to our life. It is only merely a life circumstance created to put us at dis-ease. All right. That would be an excellent question. Hopefully not too deep. Uh, anyway, Bakester, I'll be more than happy. I want to invite people real quick to... I'm going to be in Canada, in Toronto, keynoting Collision. I want to invite everyone to come join me. I'd be happy to get you uh, a pass. We have meetups. We have master classes. We have mentoring hours, many speeches, MCs. We are incorporating two-minute drill, which we're filming in July in August in Orange County. So the winner of their pitch competition, uh, the top six companies will be an episode, a web summit episode on Two Minute Drill, which we're filming here next month. If you want to also apply for that, we'd love to have you there. Many VIP dinners with the who's who. We also, Jake, are launching office hours next week. Uh, so if you want to see the incredible minds of Joe Dispenza and Alex Mosi, Layla, just the list goes on and on of the greats. Uh, this is season number four. Uh, Office Hours is season number six, I think, that we're or five that we're filming. And then uh, please just email me. We'd love to have more people involved. Uh, sorry for going on, Jake. Where should I go for our next question? Perfect, Dave. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of questions online. So why don't you take a question online, and when you're back, we'll bring up David Grace here on Clubhouse when you're back. Yeah, there's a ton of questions here. So thank you for giving me an opportunity. Um, we, we, you know, set, set a record. Over 81,000 people uh, registered for the online training today. Uh, so we're getting there, Jakey. Uh, on my mission to empower over a billion people. Where we go. What do you think the black is when people feel... Oh, sorry. <laughs> my eyebrow. What do you think the block is when people feel stuck in connecting or relating them? It should relating the message relaying the message to other people um so the the uh the block in connecting to others uh is uh language right we give meaning not only to everything we see but everything we say and so certain things 
mean certain things to certain people. And I see that in intimate relationships that are uh, unfortunately based off of meanings of past defining moments in that relationship, snapshots in family members. And so uh, every statement we have with people who are more relative to us, that have more experience with us, more snapshots of us, especially if those snapshots are based off of uh, further time periods of the past. So a high school friend or a sibling that the majority of the snapshots they have are when you were 17 and now you're 55. And so anything you say is loaded with meaning that isn't aligned with who you are today. And so we have an incredible block or challenge uh, to have uh, interference between what we say and what we they hear. And so the only way to help to relieve, because we can't change the meaning of other people's past, we can challenge ourselves to change the meaning of our own, but we can't change the meaning of other people's past or what they give meaning to our past. So the best that we can do is to try to effectively communicate where we are today and where they are today and try to create some sort of confirmation. And that's why text can be dangerous, emails can be dangerous, and even emotional offense can be dangerous in the communication with the people most relative to us that are basing their understanding of what we're saying off of a meaning, a snapshot of a past that may be 40 years ago. It is an extremely challenging situation. And we need to uh, really force ourselves to make sure that they are hearing what we say, because it's not what you say, it's what they hear. What they hear is based off of a meaning of your past combined with the words that you're communicating today. Very, very challenging. It's a great healing mechanism in order to effectuate gratitude, forgiveness, and accountability in conversations to help heal the discretions and the mistakes, setbacks, failures that we've made with those that we love 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, five years ago, whether it be a family member or a friend, it is a challenging situation to assume that people give the meaning to your past aligned with what you're saying today. Uh, very, very good, very, very challenging, uh, but hopefully uh, you guys can give that some thought. Email me if you have any questions about that as well david at dmelzer.com. Go ahead, Jake. What do we got next? Let's bring up uh, Gigi. Gigi, if you want to raise your uh, unmute yourself and ask David your question, welcome. Yeah, hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I love, I love this training. So one of the questions is, um, I met you a few years before you've done the shows and stuff like that. And the new thing that I've learned from you is like, you cannot overachieve your own self-image. So my question is, Using these five levels of intention, attention, thought, how can we remove the judgment we have on ourselves? Like I can say, well, David can because he was born in America, I don't know, whatever, whatever. Like how can we remove that judgment when it comes to ourselves? Like why can't I do it? Yeah, well. Uh, and I think it's something that blocks a lot of people. Oh yeah, it applies to everyone, including me. If, if you truly understand and challenge yourself with an infinite mindset, meaning more than enough of everything for everyone, then we're always limited 
because we always can think of more or think of plus one. Tons of books about it. Ed Milet just wrote one about it. One more. You know, it's just a matter of understanding the infinite mindset and the faith that you have, the gratitude of your future, regardless of whether you were born on the street or in Eastern Europe or China, et cetera. I mean, there are people who have achieved extraordinary, amazing things in the most restrictive, dis-ease circumstances around the world, from the Masamari to China to Russia. There are amazing people that have overachieved what anyone thought was possible, probable, or even imaginable. Because they understand that it's a daily practice to expand, to grow. I don't even believe in transition. I don't believe in pivoting. I believe in expansion. I believe that when I lost everything, it was a mechanism of expansion into a future that was bigger, brighter, and more abundant. No matter where you are or who you are, a daily practice is to understand what is my self-image and plus one it. What is my self-image? I can't overachieve it. So I better elevate it. Self-image is only contained in self. And so if you want to change your self-image, notating that you can never overachieve it, then you better work on it every single day and Go ahead and assign a minimum amount of minutes every day to your self-image. I'm going to spend two minutes a day minimum every single day expanding my self-image because I can never overachieve it. What's occurring today is extremely, for me, uh, concerning is that it's the first time in history that technology exceeds your imagination. And this has even recently occurred to me when I visited Singer, C-Z-I-N-G-E-R, their, their cell and watched and witnessed a 50-yard uh, 3D printed luxury uh, speed vehicle that broke the Fontana speed track by six seconds and was printed and approved and tested in two weeks instead of two years or more. That thing uh, that... Uh, I saw exceeded my imagination. Even exceeds the imagination of filmmakers. They haven't even figured out how to produce that in a film, what I witnessed. It's a concern of mine because we cannot ever overachieve our own self-image. So make it a daily practice to expand and grow your self-image. Ask yourself, how am I going to expand what I think today, believe and feel about myself so that I can do and say it aligned with what I think, say, do, believe and feel in an exceeded, expanded self-image? This is essential because you will never achieve your own self-image. Thank you, Gigi. I appreciate you always being here. Appreciate everyone asking questions. I appreciate Jake, uh, who is going to reset the room with the last 15 minutes to go. Thank you, Gigi, for your question. Thank you, David. Resetting the room here. We are in the Breakfast with Champions. This is David Meltzer's training. We've got over 81,000 people registered online for this free Friday training. Days are doing this for over 23 years. Today's topic is the mathematical equation of luck. We are in the question and answer portion of the training. So if anyone has a question that they'd like to ask, feel free to raise your hand or back channel me here on Clubhouse and we will aim to bring you up. Also, let's take a second here to follow the people next to you here on Clubhouse, follow the people on stage, 
and share the room. You can share the room at the bottom. There's a square with an arrow. You can share the room on your text messages, your favorite social media platforms, and then, of course, here on Clubhouse. So let's continue to share the room. Thank you so much, David, for taking your time to answer these incredible questions and pouring back into the community. we got 15 minutes left here. So, Dave, do you want to take a question online? Uh, actually, two questions online, and then we'll come back and take a question on Clubhouse when you're ready. Yeah, no problem. How did you shift your thoughts to live in a world of more than enough? Uh, well, first of, of all, <coughs> you have to identify the different worlds there are. Uh, a lot of people live in the world of not enough, uh, a world of living like tubes, food in, food out, the world of uh, the Camus, the stranger, the world of the myth of Sisyphus, rolling a boulder to the top of the hill uh, just to have it roll down. It's a world of nothingness, a world of not enough, a world of scarcity, a zero-sum game where you are constantly a victim to everything that occurs and therefore, you do say, think, believe, and feel in a victim uh, trajectory. Uh, and so I want you to be aware of if and when you are living in the world of not enough, no matter how much you have. I, I know people that have an amazing amount of money that live in the world of not enough. I know people who have amazing health and live in a world of not enough. I know people who have amazing families and they live in the world of not enough. Are you kidding me? You want to shift your thoughts to live in a world of more than enough, then identify when and where and how you're living and not enough and start shifting what you do say, think, and believe, feel that gratitude, not only of the past, and appreciate everything you do have, your health, your family, your wealth, your worthiness, but start figuring out what you're doing to interfere with it. Now there's another world that's a little bit less apparent. It's a little bit more difficult to decipher if we are living in a world of abundance and we fool ourselves because this world is a world of just enough for me. So no more victimization. It's a congratulation and a celebration that I am lucky that things are happening for me. And therefore I give to receive. The more I give, the more I receive, but you can't give more with less. And we end up with less because we're still living in scarcity. We're still living in a zero-sum game, a trade, a negotiation of all matters, including giving. And in this world, it's not as obsequious as a world of not enough, but it's a more abundant scarcity that things are happening for me. But yet, in the end, it's empty. We buy things that we don't need to be happy. We buy more things if we're unhappy. We buy different things if we're unhappy. We'll even buy things that we don't need to impress people we don't like to be happy. In the world of just enough, it's just as scarce. It's a zero-sum game. There's winners and losers. There's comparisons. There's judgment. There's fear that there's only enough and just enough for me. Therefore, if I ask for help, I am taking away from someone else. If I ask for more, I am taking away from someone else. And so in order to facilitate a shift into a world of more than enough, not only do we have to identify when we're being a victim and there's not enough, but we have to identify when we're buying things we don't need to impress people we don't like when we're living in a quid pro quo transactional zero-sum game. Even if we appreciate what we have, 
our health, our wealth, our worthiness, that still doesn't determine that we're living in a world of more than enough of everything for everyone, an infinite, abundant system unified with thought. If we want to shift our thought into the world of more than enough, we have to not only appreciate what we have with gratitude of the past, we not only have to acknowledge what we have, acquire the knowledge of what we have by finding the light, the love, and the lessons through gratitude of what we have by giving it away, allowing it to be lost, stolen, cheated, manipulated from us because acknowledgement only occurs when we don't have what we have anymore. But then the shift in the thought process to take us from the world of not enough in the world of just enough into a world of more than enough requires us to ask. See, asking for help and asking for more is actually a confirmation that we live in a world of more than enough, a value-add world, not a zero-sum game. We are saying that when I ask people for help, I'm adding and appreciating the future. I am being grateful for the future, and I'm also in a realization there's more than enough, and so therefore, there's more than enough of everything for everyone. Why wouldn't I ask for more so that there's more for everyone, not less for the person I'm asking from and more for me? There's more for everyone. When I ask for more, then there's more for everyone, not less for one of the people. There are no winners or losers, no transaction, no negotiation or trading. If you want to shift your thought process into a world of more than enough, then identify when you're a victim, identify when you're thinking everything's for me, take yourself from a zero-sum game and move to a value-add game that you realize that when we appreciate the past and appreciate the future with faith, that we are adding value to everyone, those who give, those who receive, and those who witness giving and receiving, because giving and receiving are one in a world of more than enough, an infinite abundant system that's unified by thought. Live in the world of more than enough, shift your thought process from zero sum to value add, appreciate, acknowledge, and ask for more. That's how you shift your thought process and live in a world of more than enough. No matter the happiness, health, wealth, and worthiness, you will start being able to identify what you're doing to interfere with it in the world of more than enough. It will shift your paradigm from scarcity to abundance. Wow. What a great question. All right, Bakester, you want me to take another one online or what do you want me to do? Yeah, take another online, Dave, and then we'll either take a question on Clubhouse or we'll take a question I can ask you on TikTok. Okay. <clears throat> um, th this one says, uh, I'm going to repeat this real quick. It says, what are the five levels of intention? The video froze uh, online. So uh, I'm just going to review it anyway. So the mathematical equation of luck, and please email me, uh, for these so you have them you're not going to remember them right so let me send you something that you can study pay attention and give intention to in itself the mathematical equation of luck is what i pay attention to what i focus in on in the trajectory of what i think i want by giving meaning to the past in that trajectory of what i think i want or better i then give that the five levels of intention i do say think, believe, and feel it. And those are the five levels. Do, say, think, believe, and feel in the trajectory of what I think I want or better. If anyone would like that or my book, these exercise and guides are all free. Just email me, david at dmelcher.com. You might as well live your life with luck. Have the coincidences, the consequences, and the karma you want in your life 
email me, david at dmelter.com. Come visit us at our meetups in, next week in Toronto. Come join us at Collision, our VIP dinners, our meetups, our masterminds, our masterclasses, our speeches, our mentor hours, our pitch competition, yada, 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 yada. It will go on and on. Just email us with your request. As I just stated, live in a world of abundance. Ask for help. All right. Uh, Jake, what do you got for me? Seven minutes left. Reset the room and let's take a question uh, maybe in Clubhouse. What do you say? If you have a question that you'd like to ask, just feel free to raise your hand or back channel me. Also, if you don't get a chance today, just email David. He's happy to answer it. His email is david at dmelter.com. David at dmelter.com. Also, if you plan or live in or want to come to Toronto, Canada next week, uh, Collision Conference, David is hosting a meetup and a VIP dinner as well. Just email David for some more information. We would love to see everyone. So let's take a question here on Clubhouse. Let's bring up uh, Jessica. Jessica, do you want to unmute yourself and ask David a question? Welcome. Let's bring up uh, Colleen. Colleen, what question do you have today for David? Welcome. Hi. Good morning. Happy Friday, everybody. Yeah, so as we're talking through the intention, uh, the levels of intention, why do you feel like people have such a hard time separating intention versus expectation? Ooh. Why do people have a difficult time separating intention with expectation? That is an attachment issue. Um, okay, so uh, when I say it's an attachment issue, um, our expectations uh, are based off of a trajectory of a future, but not a trajectory, an outcome in the future. So they usually prescribe man-made constructs of expectation. Uh, this much time, this much money, this much uh, of something. It has a quantitative expectation. Um, and uh, intention uh, is actually how we get to that expectation or better. And so if we can utilize a open mind, open heart and open hands to take an expectation and make it a trajectory, we then will fuel the intention to get that expectation which will be our uh, our coincidence our consequence our outcome our karma is the expectation uh and so it's more surrendering to the expectation and putting what we do say think believe and feel into the pursuit of that expectation not attaching it to the expectation and then expanding the expectation to hey this is my expectation my trajectory or better not defined and this was an argument uh and you know thank goodness uh, before bob proctor uh passed we one of my greatest if not greatest mentors you know he always said you need to know david exactly what you want when you want it and how much you want and i disagreed i said why why wouldn't i uh not limit myself create resistance by putting a time frame on something or an amount why can't I be more expansive in its nature, more abundant in its philosophy and focus in on the intention in a trajectory towards the expectation instead of attaching my emotions to that expectation, especially prescribing man-made constructs of time, space, uh, quantities to it. And so if we want to utilize expectations in its appropriate manner aligned with an abundant philosophy, then we will utilize expectations as a trajectory of what we want or better instead of this is exactly what I want, when and how. And when we expand 
to the faith, the gratitude of the future, that there's more than enough of everything and I don't know what I don't know and I'm going to live in radical humility and detach myself from outcomes, but put the ferocious Buddha in place, being ferocious today of what I do say, think, believe, and feel, knowing what I want, who I can help, who can help me, how to get it done, applying what I do now and next in a prioritized manner, using urgency as a subset to apply my why, to not try to get more happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy, but instead to identify when I'm interfering with it, fear of the past, fear of the future, what ego-based consciousnesses I'm prescribing to fear when it's the fight, flee, fight, fornicate, uh, methodology of the needs of the ego. And then instead of resisting it, going over it, under it, through it, around it, giving a disappointment or judgment based on ignorance and fear, I simply stop, breathe, and put myself back into the trajectory of expectation or better. And that's what creates the abundance. That's what's the reminder, the recollection uh, that we are connected to and through more than enough of everything for everyone. An abundant, unified, infinite system of thought an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves us more than our mom. And this, to me, unproven by any measure, is the best way to think, do, say, believe, and feel, uh, even though I can't prove it, nor can anyone give me a better option. So uh, take that for what it is, Colleen. That's a very thought-provoking question. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, Jake, we have two minutes left, and I'm just going to finish up uh, and uh, you know, give everyone, I've been traveling a lot, uh, a takeaway from traveling a lot. Uh, I will tell you that there is across the world, as I went from London to Israel, to Scotland, to London, to California, to Indy, to Kentucky, to New York, to Philly and Chicago. Uh, and through that process, I did meetups in every single one of those cities and speeches, masterclasses, masterminds. Uh, what most people are listening for is how to fight the scarcity of things are going bad. There seems to be a fear of the future that the future holds some sort of economy crash, world ending. I mean, there's just, you name it, there is a negative interfering perspective that is predominant around the world right now. And I think it may always be but it seems to be in the entrepreneurial space, especially uh, probably because of what we're doing, saying, thinking, believing, and feeling in the economy itself uh, as money has dried up and customers don't have as big as budgets and blah, 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 blah. I want everyone as a takeaway to take advantage of that and find out what is doing well, what is stable and what you think will be doing well in the future and then align your skills, your knowledge and your desire to that. That was my biggest takeaway from all of those cities, meetups, speeches, masterminds and masterclasses that I've given over the last two weeks. Thank you, everyone. It is seven o'clock on the dot here in the Pacific Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast. Email me if you want to join me in all the different cities, especially Toronto next week. If you want the mathematical equation of luck, email me. If you want my book, I'll send it to you, sign it, pay for the book and shipping. David at dmeltzer.com. Jakey of the Bakey, close out the room and hand it off. Thank you, everyone. Remember, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Thank you.